This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. Tim Young, it's wonderful to have you back with it. It's been it's been a year since we saw each other in beautiful London. I didn't know where I was when I was in London. You know, I flew in. They flew me in for a comedy show. Getter flew me in for a comedy show. Um, and I had no, like, literally, I was on the ground, I think, less time than than I was in the air. Because like, I flew in, was there, flew out. And I had no time to enjoy London. I had no time. Like, in fact, you offered me, very kindly, a, a tour of Parliament. And I was so tired that I took a half-hour nap. Like instead of going over, I couldn't physically like get, I just didn't sleep for two days, and so like I, I was a mess. And that was uh, that was a fun time. I hated that show though. Hated that comedy show. Uh, yeah. I told you I was going to get into it. I know. You're. Um, do you do you swear on the show? Can we swear on the show? You can. I, I generally yeah. don't, but I mean, I I, I I I don't put any restrictions on guests. Good. That's why we're not on YouTube. So it's over to you. So let's start by complaining because that's what I'm good at. That's what I've made my career. The people I did that show with, the 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 guy who runs the club, very nice guy by the way. Um, and I was I don't know how I wasn't drunker by the time I was finished finished that show because everybody that I did that show with, all the other comics were like bitches on that show. And so like I like first of all the the like I was supposed to headline right, and I don't care about this stuff. Again, I'm tired. I I don't have an ego for that stuff. You know, it's I'm just glad people show up and it's glad to be there. But like the woman who headlined, like forced herself into the position by saying that she was afraid she'd be canceled if it was live. So like she like played this game to become the headliner. If these are your friends, by the way, I'm not sorry. Um, and then the comic before me went like 20 minutes long. And yeah. and he like said he didn't care about the other comics. He hadn't performed in a while. So he didn't care about the other comics. He was just going to go. But God bless whoever runs that club. And again, it was a blur to me because I was so tired. And I, I, I was at the pub around the corner and I like had, I did coffee, pub, then the show. And the God bless that guy. He literally brought a bottle of Jack Daniels in. He goes, it started with like, whatever you want to drink, you can drink. And every time somebody was a jackass like that, he'd bring the bottle in and be like, Bloop, you need another pour. Because <laughs> I was like, totally like, I, I'm not going to be a dick there. I was just happy to be there. And, you know, I got mine, got paid on that one. But like, um, and got me my free trip to Burlington, Vermont. It was the first time I was meeting the fiance's family actually last year. And that flight from Dallas to Burlington or Austin to Burlington was like a $700 flight or something stupid. Mm. So I got that covered as part of my deal, you know, except I, you know, went through London to get there. And so these, like every time they screwed up, got, again, I'd love to do a show at that comedy club again. Cause I loved, I, I forget his name, sorry, but he was the nicest uh, general manager or whatever. And anytime those guys act out, he goes, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah. And then he just started bringing Jack Daniels and putting the bottle in front of me and like pouring another pour so that I would be happy and like numb by the time I went on stage. And that was like the least activity I've ever had on stage. I stood in front of the microphone, didn't even hold the microphone because I was so tired. It'd be like 30 minutes of just standing there. It is a great comedy club, probably the only one you can actually have comedy at whatever level, whatever line passing. It's it is absolute free speech comedy club, and probably the last one in the UK. So it is a great place. Yeah. Um. Let Let me just touch on one thing that we have coming up here at Hearts of Oak for all the US uh, viewers. You're probably it would be an expensive ticket for you to come over and and see this, but it's the 12th of December. Uh, we are having Andrew Bridge and the one NPR to 650 who is challenging the narrative on WHO, on vaccine harms, on sexualization of children in education, the whole nine yards. And Carl Benjamin, obviously, Lotus Eaters, uh, probably the most popular alternative media outlet we have in the UK. Um, and they're coming for an evening hosted by David Vance and myself. So make sure and come along if you're centre of London. Details will come out uh, 24 hours before uh, because we live in cancel culture. Uh, Hearts of Oak 15 for 15% off. Uh, do come along. Great to see you. Uh, good to catch up with friends. Uh, I know a lot of people are coming we haven't seen for six, nine months. So it's going to be a fantastic catch up. And uh, there are many, many, many pubs 
in the vicinity. Uh, it's so close, walking distance from a tube station. It is so easy. So do, if you are in London, centre London, do make sure and come along. And it's all good fun doing online, but I think it's nothing beats actually in person. So do come along and look forward to seeing as many of you as possible. Um, let's jump into our first story, which is, what is our first story? Oh, Chicago's migrant crisis. Well, it could be any city, I guess, but yeah. it's Chicago this time. And let me just bring up this story. And it is the cost of shelters. Um, and here we go. And Chicago's migrant crisis deepens. Taxpayers rail against $65 million cost of shelter for homeless arrivals as temperatures plummet. So it's going to house 2,200 asylum seekers. Uh, and of course, there are complaints because what a, a crazy use of money. Um, we see this time and time again. We're facing this crisis here in the UK and we've got hundreds of hotels booked up solid across the UK. Um, 65 million cost of shelter. I guess they don't put in this money for veterans or homeless no. US citizens, do they? No, not at all. And and uh, it's, it's insane. Like when you go into New York, they it's the four-star hotels that fill up first because what it is is these are vouchers from the government that pay for these hotels. So rather than negotiate or or have to like secondary market these hotels, it's easier for them to get a $400 or $600 a day voucher to put someone up or put a family up. So that, hey, look, they'll burn their hotel to the ground. They're making more money than uh, they ever have before. And it's consistent money because it's coming from the federal government or, or in this case, the state government. So uh, again, you could help out those communities. Chicago is is dying. It's a it's a war zone, and they don't take care of their own people. And their people are actually showing up to, to town hall meetings and complaining. But it's like, hey, you're going to keep voting for the Democrats and the and the leftists who put these policies in place. You get what you get. And if your city turns to hell, that's your fault. No, it is. And I saw the was the was the debate between uh, DeSantis and Newsom over there in, in well, I don't know where it was actually, obviously California v. Florida, open state v. closed state. And that, did you see it? Because he, he started by saying of all the freedoms, they have the freedom to deface in public, the freedom to urinate in public, the freedom to build 10 cities. And you kind of look at it and you think, oh my, oh my, how many, how bad does it have to get? How much money has to be spent? Um, but I, yeah, people still vote the same way and they get the same shit. They do. I mean, I don't know how you look at these videos of like old time New York and old time, uh, San Francisco and don't get me wrong. I don't want to wear a suit all all around and all day long, but like you look at how these cities used to run, you know, less than a hundred years ago and everyone's in suits and everyone is nicely dressed and, and orderly and like just, you know, going along with these fan that Baltimore city in particular had what is now a major part of the ghetto was one of the major shopping districts on the East coast of, of America. And like, they were these like gorgeous, uh, what are they called? Uh, I don't even know what they're called. The big, not big box store, but like, you know, like what's, uh, what's Harrods? What's the term for Harrods? It's like department a store. The department store. See, look, that's how little I shop, right? I'm just online. I do my thing. I order my no hats. And, um, and you know, they have these major department stores and they were like Harrods like up and down the East coast and everyone wore suits and dressed up to go to them and everything's gone to shit. And it's literally these Democrat policies, these, these major Democrat cities and, and they're just trashed. I mean, even now over the past couple of years, uh, I would have still considered San Francisco and Seattle, maybe even Chicago a little bit safe to go to five or six years ago, but not anymore. Yeah. When I traveled stateside, when I traveled to LA for the first time twice last year, um, it's the last time I will ever venture near that place. Uh, it's just, it's not worth it. So yeah. um, let's go on to uh, the RNC. Well, we're not talking about the RNC, but actually um, it is, this was a tweet and people can obviously on the right-hand side, uh, they can see more details, including your uh, comedy slots. And we'll meet, we'll touch on that after this story, but let's just go with this story. Um, I will not need to play the video, but uh, this is on Fox News. U.S. taxpayers are on the hook for as much as $451 billion per mm -hmm. year in housing and care for illegal immigrants. We started off with $65 million, Tim. We're now up to, what, half a, half a trillion? 
dollars. Yeah. It, it's mind-boggling. I mean, all the sums, the figures in the US, debt, all of that is just literally out of control. Um, but how do you end up spending half a trillion on people who actually shouldn't even be there? Well, uh, you didn't spend the, the twelve billion that uh, Trump wanted to finish the wall. Number one, that was yeah. that seems like pennies at this point compared to anything else. I, I mean, like, even what we're sending to defend Ukraine's borders. But this is insane, and like I, I think it's actually better off. And we're getting to the point where you'd be better off denouncing your American citizenship than crossing into Mexico and then illegally crossing back in because you get so many handouts. I mean, there are a lot of people who are in poverty right now who would be better off probably doing that if you if you really think about it. They'd be better off being an illegal immigrant than than working a minimum wage job in America. And is it obviously it's on the southern border? That's where people are coming in. And um, the northern border too. That's the thing we never talk about. That there's, I believe, it's a five hundred percent increase of people coming into states like Vermont from the north. It's not just it's it's a focus because you can get more of the caravan looking people coming in. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's happening there, but it's happening from the north as well. And, and people are sneaking in. This is a full scale invasion for both sides. And, and the media forgets about the, the north and how wide open that border is. So what is um, I mean, the you, you look at Congress um, and there there must be there must be some Democrats there thinking, actually, we need to oppose this to some extent because it it's common sense there i mean is there is there a breaking away of some within the legislator saying actually we're, we're just going to talk common sense or is it simply following the herd it's following the herd i haven't i mean there there if i had heard of even one person right now saying something um and taking a really hard stand i'd know their name off the top of my head and there's been nothing and uh, it's not like our our Republican side does anything either. I mean, look, they have the they have the facts there from RNC research. You see that, but uh, they've literally accomplished nothing in Congress. I mean, they did release the January six tapes. Good for them, and they keep rolling those out. I think that's critical to freedom and, and showing how things have been manipulated. But that's about all they've done. Is uh, what about? Uh, we'll just touch on. But what about new speaker? Is is that going to change anything? And for UK viewers um, who kind of watch that and scratch their heads at the the chaos and the the long drawn out process of simply electing the chairman in effect off of that legislature um is that going to make any difference as he kind of gets near that what he's what 30 40 days in is he now yeah uh i mean he did release the january 6 tapes that the last uh, speaker said he was going to release and never got around to uh it does look like they're going to try or at least they're dangling the carrot a little bit more to impeach joe biden uh, for his crimes. But I mean, really, I don't think they're going to accomplish anything. I've I've really lost hope. And you know, I'm a, a big time conservative or else I wouldn't be here. But I've really lost hope in this House GOP. And if people follow me on Twitter, they'll see me slam them at least two or three times a day. Actually, my favorite, my favorite was when I called them out on never impeaching Joe Biden after they dangle uh, like every every week, they have some new like evidence on his crimes or something they did his family's crimes where he's gotten money from a, a foreign entity. And uh, I, I tweeted something along the lines of, you know, they're never going to impeach him. This is just BS to make money and fundraise. And I got a text from uh, one of the heads of communication from the House uh, Oversight Committee. And they were like, hey, can we help explain impeachment to you? Because they're so they're starting to get bothered by me saying stuff. And I said, yeah, you can. You can you can explain to me. I responded literally. Hold on. I, well, I should, it's too much digging. It's too much. I get too many texts. I can pull it up. But I literally responded. I said, yeah, explain to me how the Democrats were able to impeach Trump with literally no evidence and move this to the House floor quickly. And it's taking us so long. And there's a new piece of evidence that comes out literally every week. Yeah. And you can go on Fox News and you write your strongly worded letters and you can send your emails out to fundraise off of it. But you're not moving forward with uh, with an impeachment. And uh, funny thing, they never got back to me when I asked that question. Well, it, it does seem to be about you hit on, I think, exactly where it is. It's on fundraising, that this stuff is touched on, discussed, mentioned uh, in fundraising emails, fundraising messages, but actually nothing happens. But it's good for raising money off, isn't it? Oh, oh it's great. And it gets you on Fox. You can get on all the networks. You can go to, I mean, I won't knock all the networks, but you get on basically all the networks and you go and you say your mean things and you get through the news cycle and I'm, I'm sure somebody's constituents are happy with it. I don't know. I think Congress's approval rating is, hovers around 12 or 14%. But, uh, you know, these people keep getting elected and they go in and they dangle the carrot and then they go home and that's it. 
you know, two or three years ago, I think I told you this before. Um, I was asked if I wanted to be a member of Congress. Somebody wanted to put uh, a big pack, wanted to put about 500 K behind me to be a member of Congress. And uh, I think I'd be a great member of Congress. I'd be mouthy and and I'd get nothing done. I'd get censured immediately. You know, I'd be good for my people to, to be mouthy. But like other than that, uh, I think nothing would get done and I would be probably thrown out. I'd be expelled faster than uh, George Santos and, and probably internally investigated because I would start complaining that absolutely nothing gets done and everyone's full of shit. I want to get on to Santos. Let, let me just uh, let the viewers know where they can find you. That's obviously on your Twitter. Um, what kind of have you been up to? Where can people watch uh, Rumble? Fill us in. All right. So uh, I have got, I mean, I do have a Rumble channel, but I've been working, I've partnered with American Greatness and I am uh, doing my podcast with American Greatness now. And I think we're going to be doing five days a week. Um, I was going to do it once. And then it, it's so weird. And I think you've probably gone through this too. We're like, you do it once a week and you're like, I'm just not getting the news out fast enough and my commentary feels stale and the, and the stories feel stale to you. And so we're going to be doing it every day of the week. And, uh, and I just mock everything for American greatness. I'm, uh, I forget what my title is there. I, I can make up whatever I think. So it's like, I'm like the media critic and media and culture critic or something, but I really am just the critic of everything. Love it. And, and the beautiful thing is, I guess, using humor because it can be utterly depressing uh, a lot of the stuff time and if you don't laugh at it and mock it then where do you end up you end up on on the top of a tall building saying is it worth it but it, that humor is is so essential i think to actually accepting the crap we're in and then yeah. assessing what to do about it yeah and and that's the thing if i were a member of congress i would have had to keep my mouth shut a little bit more and and i couldn't do that ever so also cigars and booze uh are are two things that keep me going as well i've got a whole rack of booze uh right down right next to me here and then i got my cigars right behind me there so i'm like i mean that's a six foot humidor there i'm not messing around anymore i've got my i am just boozed up and uh nicotined up all the time and i got my coffee here i mean i've got i've always got some sort of chemical in my body at this point to keep myself going that is important. My go-to was pipes for 10 years, uh, which are actually even more relaxing than cigars. Have you ever done pipe? No, I I, I feel like the, I'd start wearing a monocle if I did, if I smoked a pipe and I'd start solving crimes. Oh, so you, you possibly it. would. You could solve crimes. Why not? It could be a, a new sideline. It's a good punchline, though. It's a great way to like punch a joke. You say your nasty yep. thing and then you take your, you know, you take a puff and then you keep going. I That's I'm in my 40s. When I hit my 50s, I think pipe is going to be the... <laughs> right. Let's move on to more of the the financial side. America, the CBS News, Americans need an extra $11,500 today just to afford the basics, Republican analysis finds. Um, and this was compared to January of 2021. Uh, right before inflation soared. And exactly the same thing here in the uk it's not just a a u.s problem um and of course in i don't know about over there in in the uk it's it's the russians fault or we'll find someone else's fault and actually and take responsibility for the own mess they're actually creating um but Alevna, it's it is it's it actually pushes people to the brink um most average people actually if your rent goes up you know by five percent or so you might be able to cover that fuel is up five percent but eleven and a half thousand that is a unbelievable chunk of cash for people to find yeah i ran the numbers on this the other day i actually did this on my uh my podcast called tim runs his mouth by the way uh, I forgot to say that earlier. I'm bad at plugging things. You're better at plugging me than I am. Uh, but uh, so $11,400. So if the minimum wage is $15, which it is not, by the way, in America, and I, I'm not a big fan of raising the minimum wage because, of course, that trickles down and makes every other price go up. But at $15 an hour, and we work 40-hour weeks here, that is 19 extra weeks you have to work every year in order to make up that money. That's And that's that's the staggering number. You're, you're talking, what is that, a quarter of the year, more than a quarter of the year? 50 would be 12 and a half. So you're talking like about a third more of the year. You yeah, have to work. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's insane when you take a look at those numbers. Is it the issue that, um, that politicians just do not get what people have to do to, to make ends meet and therefore it's never going to change. I mean, they're fine. Therefore 
everyone else is. There must be some in Congress that actually understand what it is to struggle to make ends meet. Uh, I don't know. And I think they forget about it when they get there. I mean, when you're making around 170 to 200 plus, then you can get speaking fees, you get your book deals, um, you know, then your family gets a job, you know, wherever they want to go, basically, too. You know, it's it's one of those things Like you know, you look at the uh, look at Nikki Haley, right? Nikki Haley was the U.N. ambassador under Trump for a bit. Now she's running for president, but she came out and worked for uh, defense contractors right away and made millions of dollars immediately. These people have no concept of of reality. And 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 that's kind of just across the board. I They don't see it. They're not affected by it. You know, they they pay. Not only do they have their homes uh, in their home district, but they're paying, you know, probably three grand a month rent in D.C. Uh, most of their food is covered. I'm sure they have a stipend for a lot of that as well. But like, again, they just have no grasp of reality. I mean, it, what what started my liquor collection, which I have about 700 bottles in my bourbon collection, whiskey, too, um, was that it was so expensive to go to bars to do meetings in D.C. that I would have people come over my house uh, or my apartment, rather. And so when it's $15 a drink and, and you know, for an ounce and a half and you can buy a full bottle for 40, you start to get economical with it. I'm conservative that way. But that's what literally what started my liquor collection was that I would buy a bottle and have it over at the house rather than because I was broke at one point and, and I had to find a sneaky way to, to get these meetings. So I'd have people come over with my little collection that started to turn into a huge collection. Yeah, well, that's we're finding in the UK one of the great pastimes going to the pub actually that is becoming economically impossible as mm-hmm. prices are what uh, and the us is even even worse but when it's seven pounds a pint which is what ten dollars a pint but that is the norm in the states anyway so there is a, a a disconnect there but um it is unbelievable the price of um and then the taxes we have but oh. that's a whole well i'll world. i'll drop this to you because uh you may be familiar with irish whiskey but i'm a big fan of all the mitchell and sun stuff the green spots the yellow spots i have green yellow red and blue in my house um and uh they just doubled their prices in america so they went from let's say red spot i believe was 140 to 160 and now it's 280 to 300 a bottle like that's and that was like in one drop like that wasn't like a like progressive going up that was like overnight so that's wow. where things are going it is um but of course it's good to know that capitol hill are busy with the important things now this whole george santos i really it's something if you're not deep into U.S. politics, you kind of look at it and scratch your head and you think, I don't have the time to actually delve into it. And you posted, now that the House GOP expelled George Santos, they can get back to their hard work of naming post offices and writing strongly worded letters about Biden's legitimate crimes. What is the deal? Is he a, a shifty character that deserves to go? Is he someone actually others have done worse and therefore he should stay? Did he... Uh, did he pump out his CV and therefore shouldn't? What What is the deal and what exactly has happened? I don't think he's ever told the truth. He, it's actually really funny to me, that character, because he literally made so many false claims about his, his work history and being yeah. straight at one point and like turned out he was like a, uh, he dressed as a woman and like Brazilian stuff. It was it, this guy, like it was such a car wreck of lies and the guy like literally never told the truth. He, he was just, a, I think he's a great character. He was really fun to, to have around. But the truth is like, when you take a look at how many times he's lied about his past, Joe Biden, I think lied more. Um, when you take a look at the total number of lies and this guy literally lied about everything. Like, I don't know what's real about him or not. Uh, I think his name is actually George Santos. We're not quite sure at this point he's lied so much, but when you take a look at actual numbers of times someone's lied about their past, I believe Joe Biden has a higher number of it. But this is what the House GOP was was. Uh, this is what they're doing. They're they're limiting their own numbers in a special election. Now, if they have to hold a special election in his district, it's going to flip back to Democrat. He was a runaway uh, conservative. Well, not con- I don't even know what he is, but he's a he's an R seat. <laughs> He's an R seat. And, and so they, they just gave up a bit of their power. And that's all the House GOP is good for is giving up, giving up their power, literally. Like you have uh, Rashida Tlaib, who cheers on Hamas, and who's very open about it, was in like a Facebook group that was cheering on Hamas and, and uh, celebrating the attacks in, in Israel, like, you know, at that, that festival and stuff like that. And nothing happens to her. She's not getting expelled. But, but George Santos for lying is getting expelled. I mean, I don't know who's, again, this is Mike Johnson, the new speaker, is setting this agenda 
And this is what their priority is. I would have just let him sit there and then let him lose and, and primary him in, in a couple of weeks, really. Like, there's no reason to do this. It, I thought their priority would be Hunter Biden and the links to Joe Biden. I mean, you would think that would be the first thing. And Santos can wait a little bit. Yeah. But they go after their own. It it really doesn't make sense with such slim majority. Yeah. And, and Democrats would never take care of their own people. You've got uh, Bob Menendez in the uh, Senate, yeah. who is actually, I believe, was he indicted on those uh, financial crimes? And he's sitting around to the point that John Fetterman was on, I be- I think, The View. I, I Again, this is all specious stuff because I, I didn't really dig into it. I just saw this clip this morning. But John Fetterman said, if you get rid of George Santos, we got to get rid of Menendez. And I'm like, wait, what? I agree with John Fetterman. <laughs> I saw that. Like, that's how bad this is. It's like, wait, if you're getting rid of that guy, I mean, he's and he literally said he's not as bad as Menendez. So, like, where are the priorities for the Republicans other than shooting themselves in the foot? Uh, and again, getting on Fox News and fundraising. There is if if you ever follow pro wrestling and, and I always like to bring this up uh, because this is this is the principle that the GOP follows. Um, there's money in the chase is what one of the big famous, uh, promoters, Eric Bischoff used to say all the time. There's money in the chase. So that means you always want your, your good guy to get screwed. You never want him to win the championship and overcome until one final thing where you cash in like a WrestleMania. So if you, and once he has the belt or the championship or whatever, he's overcome it, then it goes back to like, you're not making as much money. So the GOP, and I think they all know this and I think they're all guilty of it. No, that as long as they're losing, they're making more money and all their consultants are making more money. And I think that's all they care about. And of course, Rona McDonald or whoever she is remains in that position of serial loser. I mean, that would be the priority to change who's at the top so you can actually run a proper election campaign. Well, hey, look, Peter, she gave herself a raise. She's given herself a couple of raises. I think she started at 170000 and she's up to about 400000 now. Plus, again, speaking fees, and I'm sure she's her husband or someone is running a consultancy. I mean, that's how this all works. Like I losers, when, when you have a, a sports team, uh, when your team sucks for so long, you kick the coach. You got to blame somebody at the top and no one is shifting at the top. She's busy like getting raises and cashing in and looks like she's getting a lot of work done. She looks like a totally different person from when she, uh, she came into DC. So, you know, go, you know, get your face carved up and Botoxed up and, you know, get some liposuction, get get hotter for whoever and, and go make your money. And who cares about that we're turning into a socialist country? She's going to write a bestseller one day to explain how you actually manage that, just as George Santos is going to write a bestseller, how you get into Congress. That's one of my – actually, listen, she could write a bestseller right now because that's one of my favorite ways people launder money in this yeah. country, especially in politics, right? You write a, a bummer book, nobody would ever buy it, and it sells a gazillion copies to like – three buyers, right? And they, they're just buying books that, or, or it's part of your rider that you're selling like 18 cases of these books to some kids uh, college group that, so you go speak to them. I won't, I have personal knowledge of a lot of this stuff of how this, how this works. I mean, it's not illegal, but it is a fun way to funnel money. We'll, we'll not delve into that. that that'll be a whole program in itself, I think, Tim. Uh, I'd love to know more of the whole program. But here, the Daily Mail in the UK, we've got the COVID inquiry, uh, which is the biggest waste of money and the biggest uh, whitewash we've ever seen in a pro- legal history for generations. But no proof face masks ever worked against COVID, uh, claims a UK health authority boss who warns they may even have had opposite effect on spread. Now, we are, I haven't watched really any, I've watched clips, but most of it not because it is MPs telling us how difficult it was and how hard they worked and they didn't know all the facts and all of that. But mm-hmm. now and then you get a little bit of information like this, that actually the the evidence isn't there for wide face math. It could have the opposite effect. I, I, I don't think you've had any COVID inquiry over in the States, have you? No, why would they do that? What would, <laughs> what would, why would the House GOP do that? You know, why, why would they haul Fauci in and say, hey, you knew, you knew differently than what you were saying? Or, you know, I, I mean, look, I worked for uh, Judicial Watch for a while. I was a ghostwriter for them. Who cares? They can come after me for this. Uh, and I looked at the smoking gun documents that showed that Fauci funded the Wuhan lab and they sat on those for months. I don't know what the hell they were doing with those documents. I literally had them from a, a FOIA request and I wrote up a I used to write for them and I wrote up a, a press release for them and I sent it in. 
and I never got it back. I remember getting these documents because I was kind of on call for this organization. And I, I was, I had just finished doing a barrel pick for the Kentucky bourbon festival. This is where I was. So I was wasted. And I looked at this, there was a chart that literally showed NIAID funding back coronavirus research in Wuhan, the actual document. And they sat on it for months. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand if it's laziness, if people are just stupid. Well, I can tell you people are just stupid. That's an obvious one. But these people sit on this stuff and do nothing with it. And I don't understand why. I really don't understand why. I, you know, maybe big farmers got their claws in, in many, many more things than what we know. I know that they sponsored, I think they sponsored Fox at one point. I think they sponsored basically everything. I mean, Pfizer's everywhere. So maybe that's what it is, but like it is, it's insane when the evidence has been out there and nothing has been done. And, and by the way, those masks, I mean, it was shown very early that like those masks, you number one, you're not supposed to wear, I think they, they came out with a, a study, was it two or three months ago that N95 masks, if you wear it for more than like 45 minutes or 90 minutes or something, you, there's a chemical in them that actually starts to get to you as well. But the bacteria that builds up because the whole concept of your respiratory system is clean air in, bad air out, right? That ain't deep. That's like uh, biology 101. When you're pushing out that bad air and it's staying in that mask, this is just trapping bacteria on your face. That's why doctors change out their masks regularly and they're only wearing them so that the droplets don't go into like actual droplets and sweat and things don't go into their patients when they're working with them. So no shit that this stuff didn't work. No shit that it made it worse because you're literally taking out, even if you had COVID. So if you had COVID, that bacteria is building and building and building. And some of these people, I'm sure you saw this at some point uh, during COVID. When you see the inside of the mask, it was brown. Like you could actually see the fungus growing on this shit. And these people had it strapped to their face all day long. And they thought they were really doing something and a part of something. They, I'm surprised that there aren't more lung issues in, in the world right now than there were. I mean, there probably are, um, than there were before and in bacterial infections. Uh, it was funny. People would reuse their masks and, and leave it sitting at home in the corner on the floor and then put it on um, just reusing them. Um, but it, I, it has to be big pharma, uh, the money. The amount of dumb people who actually are making tons of money, who are in positions of power, it has to be organizations and big pharma just wanting those individuals in place because mm -hmm. if you have them in place you can continue pushing what you want to and making gazillions of dollars yeah and i mean that's that's uh they're always happy to have new new vaccines coming out i think i just saw a commercial for some new vaccine called like novavax in case you want to switch up your uh your your covid vaccine that by the way still doesn't work remember that was that they told you originally that uh you get the vax uh, you'll never uh, you'll never get covid that was that was their big talking point, and they had to. Then it went back, and then they were playing playing a percentage game, and then the the percentage kept going down, down, down until they were like, "Oh yeah, you will still get it." Yeah, but then when they have a vaccine that produces side effects, they can then make a drug that actually fixes the side effects, and then has other side effects. So it is a oh. um, perpetual money making machine, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I knew now too. By the way, that one of the strange things, and this this kind of hit close to home. Uh, when people were going to get uh, 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 what are they, like a uh, like a new like new kidneys or you know when they're when they're getting transplants, yeah, a lot of times in order to get transplants, you have to get all these vaccines, and you have to get up. To, so like you could have a failing liver, and you need your liver to process anything that goes through your body. I mean, it is really that's what it's there for, and your kidneys. And before you can get a new liver or a new kidney, they have to give you these vaccines. That's part of their that's part of their program. It's part of their kickbacks on money. I'm sure. And your body has less of a chance to be able to process this stuff. It's insane to me. It is. And um, no, and now when these newspapers are coming out with some of this, well, it's too little, too late. You push this for two and a half years, and now you want to claim your free speech advocates. But yeah, yeah. let's uh, continue on that uh, down in your neck of the wood there um, in Texas. And this is uh, the AG Ken Paxton. Uh, he says he is suing Pfizer for misrepresenting COVID-19 vaccine efficacy and conspiring to censor public discourse. Um, and the uh, the statement is there. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this? Because we've seen a lot of legal action, big and small, some successful, often not. Um, but this is someone at the top actually taking on the companies. What, what were your thoughts whenever you saw this? 
uh, while I was cheering for it. And, it. and it makes sense now, too. I don't know if you how much you know about Ken Paxton, but they tried to impeach him not too long ago, like two months ago. So now, like when you look at the bigger picture, if somebody knew this was coming down the pipe, which I think this is a great, brilliant lawsuit. It's talking about the lies and the, the uh, marketing and everything else that goes along with this. Uh, if you you take a look at this impeachment attempt that happened with him not too long ago, I'm just wondering if that's not linked. And you know you get rid of you get rid of the guy who's going to come after Big Pharma and actually do his job and represent the people of the state of Texas and and America. Really, I mean, this guy, I think he's brilliant, and uh, I've got nothing but great things to say about Ken Paxton. And why are there oh. not more AGs? And I guess because it could be a governor, I guess they could take legal action. Um, I'm surprised that this, uh, obviously, with with Ken Paxman, and I um, followed him a little bit because he's one of those more high profile, natural conservative uh, mm -hmm. Republican, um, and he's doing this. But it's surprising that there haven't been other states that have done this as well. Uh, I'm shocked. I, I think that Louisiana did a lot of stuff. Jeff Landry, who just became the governor there, is a great AG. He was a, one of the best in the country as well. Um, but there, I mean, you, you just got to imagine that there are a lot of bought and paid for people uh, in offices. There are lobbyists who are set up to try to stop these uh, lawsuits on top of get policy pushed and get requirements for vaccines and things. So, you know, it, it's it's there aren't more because there are lobbyists that are stopping them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well. Let's, uh, we always hear enough different mystery illnesses and in the COVID inquiry in the UK, uh, actually what they're saying is they didn't lock down early enough. It should have been before. Uh, so more government, more tyranny. That is the answer. Um, and this is from the absolute fantastic disclosed.tv. Just in Republican senators asked Biden admin to immediately restrict travel between the US and China over mysterious illness. Uh, I love this. <laughs> so, yeah. Tell us about this. Uh, I'm, I'm not playing this game again. They can do this all they want. I listen, if they want to, they should just restrict travel with China in general. Yeah. But, uh, I, if, if there's something out there, it's already here. Let's be real. Um, but, uh, we're not playing this game again. This is the 2024 mail-in ballot, uh, virus is what this is. We might as well just call it what it is. It's their first real strike at it. And that's, that's literally it. I don't, I don't believe it anymore. I don't care. Uh, natural immunity works. And I won't be a sucker to this game again. And I, I don't, well, I will say a lot of people will be suckers to it because you do see people wearing masks again in America. And I'm sure where you are, people will uh, wake up and test themselves twice a day for COVID for the remainder of their lives. You think about how sad they are and, and people who are still buying this. I mean, it's during COVID, it was like, who's wearing masks alone outside or in their car or whatnot. But there are people who are still buying tests and testing themselves and will go along with whatever they're told from a television. It is insane to me. Well, I just had a friend who uh, we were going to meet up and told me he actually had COVID and uh, wasn't feeling well. And I, I I thought, okay, I'm not even going to go there. But I thought, how do you know? You've actually gone and paid your couple of pounds for a test and actually tested yourself with that Made in China test kit. I, I didn't actually think anyone was doing that, but I guess people still are doing it. Well, uh, our Thanksgiving plans had to shift because uh, not everybody in my extended family now uh, is is anti-COVID. And so I won't get too specific, but somebody's doctor told them they had COVID and they had to, uh, you know, isolate or whatever for a week. And we were going to head to Vermont again. I told you how expensive the ticket was earlier. And luckily, I got my money and my points back. But when they told us that, I was like, F this. And we we drove through Kentucky and then did uh, whiskey and bourbon on the way home. But I, we we literally were in Washington, D.C. We had flown in to see some things. We, we had to do – so we had a wedding in Alabama, and we flew into D.C. to see people because we were breaking up the trip as we went up the coast, uh, the east coast to, to Vermont. And we were told this literally about four days before we were supposed to be there. And I was like, nope, we're not playing this game. So it, it, it's just – it's – insulting and insane. And like, I understand if people are afraid and like, I want to, I want to be there and support family, but on the same hand, it's like, Nope, I'm not doing this. We're not doing this. Yeah. And you commented about obviously election, presidential elections, 11 months away. And you, you begin to think what's coming down the line, what's been put out, 
what's been orchestrated. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts? Is this the starting gun? Is it going to be something else? Things appearing from nowhere and you're thinking there's no reason for that. To, oh, there's election coming up. Yeah. Suddenly it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, again, if it, the real question is, and when, when we take a look at everything overall, whatever happened over the last three or four years, if the media hadn't done PR for COVID, if our politicians hadn't done PR for COVID and all the money from big pharma wasn't being made, would it have been anything other than a flu season? And it would not have been anything other than a flu season. We know that, um, you know, when all the data is coming in and it shows that the same people who would die from the flu because of all of their uh, comorbidities are the same here, like that it wasn't affecting kids, but you know, all of this stuff over and over and over again. So here we are again, will this get the PR push that COVID got? If it does, then that's, that's exactly what this is. It's, you, you look at all the nefarious reasons for why COVID was pushed the way that it was pushed. I remember when COVID first started, when I was still in a newsroom in, in Washington, D.C., um, and they were at random. They were told to pull certain stories for to talk about COVID. They were making a website specifically like COVID alerts or something like that. I forget what it was that they were making specifically for it. And everybody who's sitting around is like, what, are you, what is this? What, why are we doing this? And then not a few months later, everybody was buying in on that propaganda as it was ramping up. I've never seen a cold come through or a flu season come through where suddenly a news organization, a major news organization is creating a website specifically for it, right? So this is this is very interesting and, and we'll see how the PR comes out. Yeah, completely. Um, we, we've got two more stories. What we started with Chicago, let's nearly end with Chicago. Uh, there's no point people can play the video of post-millennium. Four women cops unable to subdue one male offender on Chicago Street. A group of four female Chicago police officers have been struggling to arrest a man who's suspected shoplifter has gone viral on social media after it raised debates of the standard of fitness that law enforcement are required to meet. Uh, it, w- it was dire. It was it was so bad. We have exactly the same situation in the UK on fitness levels that get dropped and dropped and dropped. So everyone is equal. Everyone is equally crap now uh, and they're not able. Um, but I was... yeah. Well, w- what were your thoughts on this? I-, I didn't think anyone got arrested for shoplifting anymore, actually. <laughs> well, men shouldn't be in women's sports, right? And this, this shows you why. Yeah. But also, like, I mean, they're chonky. I mean, they're, these, are, these are chonkies. And so... Yeah, the old the old stereotype of uh, cops sit around and eat donuts. I mean, yeah, that's like, what do you think is going to happen here? Uh, again, also like, you know, if you watch enough, I, I don't know if you have these kind of like live PD or like we had cops back in the day here in America and they have a channel that shows it nonstop on like uh, Pluto TV. But um, you can watch like when guys are high on drugs, you can't normal cops can't hold them down. You know, and normal fit cops can't hold these guys down. So when you've got some chonkies and you've got some like little, you know, whatever social justice activists, because I don't know who would still be a cop. You either really love Chicago and you really believe in what you're doing or like you're a social justice activist. That's that's who's a cop in Chicago right now. So I'm going to go ahead and, and roll with these ladies are uh, are more of these social justice body positive types and uh, and they aren't stopping anybody. So. Um, and what obviously you've got. Well, you got defunding the, the police up there and that sort of thing. But then it's, um, you've got, I mean, fit, yeah, fitness levels, not only in the, the police, but in the military, uh, pretty especially in the military, we're seeing this a huge concern um, that we've seen firefighters lower as well. Um, so women used to have a different test and everyone's just dropped down. Um, and you really want, someone a firefighter to be able to go in and uh, move things or military you want to be able to do and i i guess it's just dumbed down to the to the lowest common denominator well yeah and and you get you know you get promoted if you're uh trans or whatever else you're part of the the right community like demographics don't win wars you know i i love that in our country our military uh says diversity is our strength and i'm like no no actually killing people should be your strength the ability to kill people is is how you're strong when you have bigger bombs and bigger guns, that's how that's a, that's the strength, not diversity. You're not showing up to fight terrorists like Hamas and go like, "Hey, what are your pronouns? Hey, buddy, what's the?" I mean, it's it's just this is insane. This is insane, and this is where the world's going. And honestly, at some point, you say we deserve to lose. We shouldn't. I don't want us to, but we you get what you get, and and that's what Chicago is getting right now. 
Yeah, uh, 100%. Final story. Um, Alex Jones, the uh, I think they wanted one point, was it 1.4, 1.5 billion uh, originally uh, was being demanded from him uh, because he told a story that the authorities didn't agree with. Uh, I didn't think actually it was that expensive to hold a position that may went against some of the facts or disagreed uh, with the government. But they've now said, oh, they'll take 85 million over over 10 years. Um, what's the, what's the, I mean, I, I literally, I could not believe it whenever the ruling came out um, of the 1.5 billion. Um, obviously, he doesn't have 1.5 billion. Um, so they're now dropping it. Do you, I mean, Alex Jones is a phenomenon. Do you think actually this will uh, stop him? Do you think he'll find a way through it? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I think he's partnered with Steven Crowder now on Rumble or something like that. But like this was done to get rid of Infowars. That's that's all this was. It was punitive uh, to get rid of Infowars and his ability to say stuff. I I, I thought what he said was wrong, and and but I don't. Uh, the the penalty was also wrong. There's there's these crazy nuanced concepts that everyone in a situation is wrong. And I think this is one of those. Um, the judge obviously didn't like him. He said some, you know, I, I would be offended if I were in those families with what he said. But um, 1.5 billion is ridiculous. You know, that, that's truly excessive. Uh, 85 million. This is just done. They probably took a look at what his personal assets are and what the assets of Infowars were. And they're just trying to tank it. That's what this game was. And uh, so, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. Uh, everybody here is just like the, I shrug when I look at this case and I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's a waste of taxpayer money. Um, but on the same hand, what he said was, was pretty bad. So, you know, it's, um, there, there's just no, there's no winner in this situation at all. The thing is, what is the cost for offense? You know, as a, a comedian that you're there to, in, to push the boundaries and to offend some group society. Mm -hmm. And then you, you mock, you ridicule its humor. Uh, but actually I'm just wondering what is the, uh, the financial penalty for event? Whenever you kind of get into that realm, then anything goes on any area in public life or private life. Well, you know, I have a, I have a law degree I don't use by the way. Um, so I went to law school and, and just never wanted to practice, but, uh, I, you have to show actual damage. And and I don't know that they, I, I, I don't know what the actual damage was here other than like hurting people's feelings. And, and, and I don't know that you can put a price tag on it. It's just, it's such an odd thing, but this was done to tank him. And, you know, I mean, he did, he made some shit up. Right. And so like you get what you get, but in this instance, uh, this is an unreasonable punishment. I think um, again, everyone in this situation is wrong, which by the way, I'm going to change the subject here on you because when I did my comedy show, I did not know about your speech laws over in your friendly town there. And I wonder if I didn't violate one with my opening line, because I'll never forget that opening line and the pop that came from it, because I thought it was a throwaway. Uh, when I showed up over there, my my opening line, which nobody else remembered a, a single thing I said other than this opening line, because I think it was against the law when I showed up and, and said, you know, I've never performed in a Muslim country before. So let me know if I violate the Sharia. This is new for me. And the place like getting a pop like that, it was like the crowd woke up. And I think it's because I broke the, did I break the law? Could that have been uh, against your like laws of inciting violence or whatever else that happens with religion? So our hate speech legislation is off, off the record. Um, that if you say something uh, in regards religion, race, gender, disability, and someone else is offended by that, then yes, you have broken the law. And the problem is people are offended at everything. Therefore, everyone breaks the law. Uh, and therefore, that is why the police are coming around policing people's tweets. Uh, and, and basically, um, finding people for hurting someone else's feelings so yeah um is <laughs> islamophobia shuts down debate across europe hey. so yeah you probably did break some law i i know i definitely did so that's i only i literally only remember two jokes from that entire set because i was so tired and it was that one and then the one i did one about Meghan markle and and it was because my fiance wrote it she was like just go say that <laughs> and then it was something like do you hate her because she's the c word or do you hate her because she's black i can't figure it out 
I hope you're going to keep them both because we never we never want Harry back. So please, can you just don't be too brutal to them? Just treat them nicely so they never want to leave because we never want them to step foot in the UK again. I don't know who likes them. I literally yeah. don't know who likes them. Maybe Oprah or something like that. Do, do they hang out with Oprah on the rock or something? Because I don't know who would want them around at anything. I don't know. And I don't know what purpose they perform either. It's very strange. Well, what, what purpose does your Royal family perform? Nothing. So like start there and then go with the people who left that got like, you know, money to do documentaries and, and podcasts that failed. So like, you know, no, exactly. Well, I, I hope they stay over. I really hope they do. How's that going by the way? How's the, how's the new King going? What's he done? Nothing. Oh, he's done nothing. So, uh, well, I mean, we've, a huge change in in Britain, whereby you had stability, you had someone there. Uh, that the only pe- person anyone knew as the monarch was was Queen Elizabeth II, um, and she always was private. You had private conversations. Uh, she respected that privacy. Uh, Charles comes in and is speaking at COP twenty eight, climate change warrior, eco crazy. It's just so different and his views are known as the opposite of what a, a constitutional monarch should be. They should keep their views to themselves and he's always willing to, to speak up. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's not good. The thing is, even when William becomes king soon, actually it'll just continue along that yeah. woke collapse of our society. So, yeah. Isn't he, doesn't he have like weird fat hands? Doesn't, doesn't, uh, sausage fingers. It does. Like weird, like, like literally hasn't lifted anything in his life to the point that his hands are like swollen from activity. Well, the rumor was that he had someone employed to squeeze his toothpaste for him. That was the rumor. Well, I remember when he was signing like the documents or something, didn't he freak out? Like, I, I just remember that little bit, like he didn't have a pen quickly enough or something, or he didn't want to hold the pen. It was something stupid. Exactly. Like, I don't doubt that he has someone that like, there was a, there was a thing, I think when uh, Markle uh, either first went over there or came out, I remember seeing a story that she was uncomfortable with somebody constantly opening doors for her or something weird. I'm sure she got used to it, but like, it was just like, these people live unrealistic lives, but whatever. Oh, they do. They do. Well, it's just like the billionaire class, I guess that you've got um, royal family or old rich, and then you've got the new rich and yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, a strange mix. Let me just fire two, um, just not really to comment on, just two uh, memes that you had put up. Yeah. Uh, I love this. I actually saw this a couple of days ago and then saw public service announcement. If the Capitol Police offer you a free tour, don't take it. I think that is good advice. That's very uh, good advice. Follow. Also, I totally steal memes. I, I don't think I've ever created my own meme. I Like one, one time I think I did, but like I, like I just, I find memes and then, uh, then just repurpose them for myself. But no, that's what these January 6th, this January 6th footage, again, like I was like on the Capitol grounds, right? I, I walked up from, from a side that was peaceful um, from the, the side with the Supreme court, like nothing was happening there. I filmed my entire activity. It was live streamed and walked out for like eight minutes. But I know that you can't even go up a certain uh, amount of steps there. Uh, it, there's like no trespassing signs there on a regular basis. Now, if you, if you go to Washington DC and you're there just for the first time for say January 6th, and you think it's the people's house and it's a public building, you think you can just walk in it. But they had even like extra like COVID um, restrictions in there. So not only do they have like the COVID restrictions, but in order to go into the Capitol building itself, you have to have official business to go in. You go through security, you check in, there's a whole thing. I know that because I've been a journalist there and I've worked in Capitol Hill for for a bit. And so there, if you're if you're just a regular person who goes there and the doors are being held open and the cops aren't pushing you back, it's not your fault. Like you just assumed that that was what was what. And maybe the signs had been removed or something at some point. Like I literally know on the side that I went to and I'm, I'm superstitious about stuff. So like if I'm not working there, or if I'm not there on official business, I don't even touch the steps, but you can only go up like 10 steps on that side uh, where the Supreme court is. And so people don't even know that. Yeah. I got a tour on it over there last time, but then the weird thing working in parliament, it's open. So the public can go in there, mm-hmm. they can go and talk to their MP and said, I'd like to lobby my MP. Yeah, of course, go through security and walk in and, and it's open. You don't need a, an appointment or a pass just to get into the public area inside the building in the center. So it is quite different. I forget who I offended over there. I, I uh, offended a member of parliament at one point because I was given a tour and I like, I I went and like saw his office and it was like, it was the smallest office I've ever seen in my life. Like it's like smaller than like a closet (laughs) I have here. 
And I go, oh, so like, where's the rest of the office? And like, I said that like, seriously, I was like, oh, okay. Well, is this like, this is it? And he didn't like that. It, oh, I was, I was blown away with the Capitol Hill tour because it's just things are huge, massive underground tunnels, huge. In Parliament, you've got some underground tunnels, and they're like enough for three or four people to walk side by side. They're little, little tiny, the little Hamas tunnels. <laughs> they're just tiny little things underneath. So yeah, it's a, it's a different world. It really is. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I forget the guy's name. That's how serious I am of a person, and uh, it's an honor to be there. And it's hopefully, all hopefully got over it. He um, was a guy. So you might know he's a guy who had special seats at a casino. That's what I remember. That we sat at his special seats in a casino. He had four seats that overlooked a casino, and we were in there. And like when they, they had like, I don't know what. Listen, it was a blur. This was years ago. I show up, and there's four seats in a casino, and there were dancing girls that came out in front of us, like not like strippers, but like they come out and do a little show over top of the casino, and like it was like us. The dancing girls, like where they came out on the little stage, and then the rest of the casino. It was a weird thing. And I met like Arsenal when I was there. It was a whole to do. I really had a hell of a trip, and I didn't understand what was going on around me. <laughs> and that doesn't help me know which MP it is. So it really doesn't. They all have seats at a casino. Here, last meme that I saw, uh, which really I did have a laugh at. The year is 2042. My electric car won't start because I used the wrong pronoun yesterday. Actually, it probably could be 2032 this, but uh, no yep. air conditioner. My 50, uh, 50 square foot apartment, uh, that would be London, because I reached my monthly allotment of farts. But I think they're adding grub worms to my cricket paste. It is a beautiful utopian future that we face, isn't it, Tim? Uh, yeah, apparently they're adding. I, I heard this the other day. I think all cars have to have a kill switch in them. Uh, coming up in the next five years in America or something like that. It's it's that that piece of either I, I don't know if it's an electric uh, right. sorry an executive order or what, but the the kill switches are coming in cars. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just finish off with you um, here once again. It, is Twitter the best place to follow what you're doing, Tim? Twitter, Instagram, Rumble. Uh, if you look up Tim Runs His Mouth, I've been real fortunate. You can actually find me when you look yeah. up Tim Young or Tim Runs His Mouth. And so um, that's that's probably the best place to go. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm premium plus now. I'm paying now 16 fucking dollars on Twitter to get whatever. And I actually got followers yesterday. It's remarkable to me. I have almost a million followers there. It's remarkable that almost 5% of them, nearly 5% of my followers see my tweets most of the time. It's crazy. I don't know what's going on with that platform, but look, the numbers look great. So hey. they, do. they do. I'm legitimate. When I show up in person, I'm funny sometimes. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, the one time I saw you, you were. It, it worked, one, even though you had no time. sleep. I dragged you to the gayest coffee shop because I love the name of it. It's called Fuck Coffee. I dragged <laughs> you there because I just want to go get a bunch of merch from there. And they they sell uh, mugs that, that I can't say in America, the C it's like C and then UNT on them. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I bought those for gifts to bring home to people. I literally was, I gave it to my mother-in-law when I met her for the first time in person. I gave her that mug. Didn't go over well. It's great though. Uh, yeah. I can't remember if the coffee was good and fuck coffee, but it was, it was a, it was a hangout close to the venue. So it worked. Yeah, but they could have had more gay flags hanging from it. Like they were out of space. Like they were like gay flags on gay flags. It was like a pinata with the layers of paper. Here, when I went for the tour in Capitol Hill, a friend got me in for a tour and he knew someone there. And I went and uh, went to meet the the member and their office outside. It was a a full-on progressive pride flag. Full-on, I think. Oh, where am I? Uh, I'm not going to tell them anything of what I do and just going to nod, say thank you, leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. Tim, love having you on. Thank you so much. It's been uh, such a long time. Uh, great having your thoughts on um, on the news and love following you um, when I can find you on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not being shadow banned or restricted. But yeah. um, thanks so much for your time today. And no problem. And look, I owe you a trip. I really do want to come over there. And and really, I should follow up with you because I'd love to do a show over there and, and get arrested. Um, <laughs> and that, that as long as I can live stream it, that you're getting arrested, then that adds to the... What's the uh, What was the name of the club again? Again, seriously, it was a blur. Backyard, Backyard Comedy Club. 
Yeah, great club. Or comedy, comedy unleashed. Plus the backyard comedy club. Great club, great venue, um, good atmosphere inside. So yeah, it is great. So I will hold you to that. You're, you anytime. Let me know. We, I look. We got to go over there. the The fiance wants to do Ireland as well. So um, we we need to just come over and, and do a little trip. London up to Scotland over to Ireland sounds good. Let me know, and I will give you points and tips and itineraries. I'm I'm all about it, and uh, and I need to stock up on all of my duty free liquor when I come home. That's what's important. That's what the whole point of the trip is: T- ten bottles of duty free liquor for five and five between the two of us. Sounds good. Um, let me face over there, viewers, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We are with you on Monday evening for uh, with Tommy Robinson, who was arrested a week ago um, at a Palestinian march, uh, and he'll be discussing why he was arrested, what was used, why he was held in a police cell for sixteen hours, um, the legal action against the police, all of that. So tune in on Monday for that. On that, I wish. All of you, a wonderful rest of your day. Have a great weekend. And we'll be back with you on Monday. So thank you and good night to you all. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.